opinions expressed on ACB Radio are those of the respective program contributors and cannot be assumed to serve as endorsements of products or views of the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. Speaking out for the blind, I'm Brian McKellen. Before we get into today's show, I have an announcement to make. I've been asked by former guest and blind trumpeter Chayla Robles to mention her upcoming radio appearance. It's a showcase of her new album called Christmas with Chayla. She'll be on OzCat Radio, who streams live on the internet from Vallejo, California. On December 16th, from 12 to 3 p.m. Pacific Time, for more information on how to check out Chela's upcoming radio appearance, go to speakingoutfortheblind.weebly.com. Just click on List of Episodes and Show News. Now back to today's Speaking Out for the Blind show. According to California State University Chico, one of their students, Kim Crosby, is a visually impaired runner. Crosby was born with albinism, causing her to have 2400 vision and a sensitivity to light, and she's defied expectations. The Yuba City, California resident surprised her teachers and friends when she ran a mile in record time during a high school P.E. class. Then Kim's brother, Darian, encouraged Crosby to join the high school track team. Kim did just that and performed well. Next, the rising track star competed with Chico State's women's track team in 2012 and 2014. Before Chico's spring semester in 2015, Team USA called Crosby to invite her to join their Paralympic track team, and she just finished the 2016 Rio Paralympics with a bronze medal in the women 100-meter T13 final on September 11th, and also had the opportunity to meet and be congratulated in the U.S. Capitol. Kim joins us to explain her running experience and accomplishments and her experience in Rio for the Paralympics. Welcome to the show, Kim. Thank you. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure having you here, too. You were born blind from albinism. Medline Plus says that albinism is a melanin production defect. Melanin is that special natural substance in the human body that gives color to a person's skin, hair, or the iris of one's eye. One of albinism's most severe forms is oculocutaneous albinism. People with oculocutaneous albinism have pink or white hair, iris color, and skin. Another form of albinism, ocular albinism type 1 or OA1, affects only one's eyes and an eye exam shows that there's no coloring inside the retina. Which of these two forms of albinism caused your vision loss and what are your vision challenges and how do you adapt and succeed? So I have the oculocutaneous and I, I don't have any pigment in my hair, skin, and eyes. My vision challenges, I am very sensitive to light. Um, my, I, it's hard for me to focus because due to the albinism, um, there is a complication with my retina as well. And my eyes shake back and forth also with the muscles in my eyes are, aren't quite stable. And I have adapted pretty well with it. Um, I've had it my whole life and I haven't let it get in the way of my goals and dreams that I have had in life. Do you expect your vision to get worse anytime soon? 
I do not expect it to get any worse. Um, I thought it was pretty stable a few years ago, and then all of a sudden, like, I got more sensitive to light, making it even harder for me to be independent and mobile. So then that's when I decided to get a white cane, and then after that I got a guide dog from Guide Dogs for the Blind. Oh, in San Rafael, they're an excellent school. What kind of oh, guide yes. dog is he, and what's his name? He is a black lab, and his name is Keystone. He is six years old. Keystone, very good name. Mm -hmm. But let's go yeah. back a little bit in time. Um, your Team USA webpage says that you were born in the nearby town of Marysville, and you went to and you graduated from River Valley High School in Yuba City in 2011. You're majoring in kinesiology right now at California State University, Chico, and you're set to graduate there in 2017. I wanted to mention here that both my parents are CSU Chico grads, and I think that it's a very beautiful and fun place to visit. Upon graduation, I assume that you're going to be earning your bachelor's degree. How did you speak out to graduate high school and successfully complete your college studies? I just went with what I I knew. I um, I knew from high school that I wanted to do. I wanted to can you continue to do track and so I chose Chico State because it was nearby. I wanted to be far enough away but then also close by to my family still and so I joined the Chico track team and then I I chose kinesiology because it also has to do with sports. Sports have been my life and so I would love to continue to do that. It's what I know. <laughs> a sports pursuit and a sports career. Good mix. What classroom accommodations do you have to have to succeed in college as a low vision student? I do have extended time. I have a note taker that helps me and gives me my notes after class. I do sit closer. I always make sure I, I go in and I get help from my professors after classes as well in their office hours. Well, keep up the good work, and let's get the academics out of the way now and go on to your running accomplishments. Chico State says that it all started when your brother Darian encouraged you to join the River Valley High Track Team after he saw you run during your physical education class. How did you defy your own expectations and decide to join the team? <laughs> I um, At first, I actually didn't want to join the track team. Um, I had tried out for many different sports like tennis and volleyball, basketball, but they all didn't really work out for me because they involved the ball. The ball always happened to find my face first. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> but um, when the track season came around and he kept bothering me about it, so I just went and I tried out, and I had no idea what I was getting myself into. I had no idea what track was about. Um, so I just went in there and I just did what the coaches told me to do. And I was actually going to quit the track team. But my parents told me, no, you should just stick with it and see how your first meet goes. And so I did that. And I ended up winning my first 100-meter race. It's been history ever since. I've loved it. And I was like, hey, I can, I can do this. I can be pretty successful at this as long as I stick to what my coaches are saying and, you know, be 
confident in myself that I can actually do this, then I could put my mind, yeah, I could do anything I put my mind to, so. Well, how did you get to Chico State and compete on the women's team then? So I, um, it was my senior year of high school and it was a time of trying to look for what college I was going to go to. And I had, I think, three different, three or four different colleges that I was looking at going to. And at first I wasn't thinking about competing on the college level, but then my high school coach, um, without me even knowing, contacted the Chico State team and told them about me and he gave them my contact information and they ended up calling me and they would say, hey, we would love to have you on our team. And so after I had a few conversations with them, they invited me out and I saw how their team was and it reminded me of my high school team and how they were all closed. They were like a family. They cared about each other, always cheering each other on. They had fun while even doing some hard work. And so I was like, I know that this is the place for me to be. So they recruited me on a scholarship, and um, I I loved every moment of being out there with them. That's very exciting, and it's helped you see what it's like to compete against a wide variety of runners. Tell us about the experience and how you even run the track with low vision. So it is pretty difficult for me to run. I only do the events that you have a designated lane. What I do is I just follow the white lines on the track. It can be very difficult sometimes, especially when it's really bright out. Even under the lights on the track, it can be very difficult, but I have to keep my head down and follow the lines. And if I, if there's a point where I can't see, I just have to trust in myself and that I've done this so many times. It's almost muscle memory to me now that I can just go around a track without even having to look, but I should still, you know, pay attention to what I'm doing. Your Team USA page does show some of the records and medals that you've won. Your exciting and recent 2015 World Championship experience involved winning one silver medal in the 200-meter event and a bronze medal in the 100-meter event. Tell us more about this exciting experience and the steps that you took to achieve this victory. It took a lot of steps. I had to make my focus track in order to have achieved that. And so I actually took two years off from college to move down to Southern California and in San Diego more specifically and um, train full time at the Olympic Training Center there. And I was there for two years. I made the world's team in 2015 in Doha, Qatar. And that's where you said I won the um, the silver and bronze medal in the 200 and 100. And um, it's, it has definitely been a journey, a, a lot of hard work. I train six days a week, sometimes up to eight hours a day, just depending on how the week goes and what competitions are coming up. I This has been a, definitely a full-time job for me. I travel all over the world to compete, and um, it's it was a big lifestyle change. It's become way more serious, more serious than I thought that I would ever be a, about 
track. <laughs> wow, that's a lot of work. But you, yeah. you you must be very excited to do this. And you've um, your Team USA page says that when you're not busy running, you play board games, play with your guide dog, watch movies, and you cook and you draw. You also like Hello Kitty and video games. How do you balance all these activities and even have time to sleep? <laughs> oh, man, it has definitely been tough. That is for sure. Um, we we only get, you know, like I said, one day a week off. So usually we try to just rest and don't do anything. So a few other teammates and I will get together and we'll play board games. And that's how we kind of relax. Playing with Keystone has, um, I don't think he's liked it very much while I was living down in Southern California because I was so exhausted from working out all the time that I wouldn't have much time to play with him. So then after a while, he kind of found some other buddies around the Olympic Training Center that have gotten to play with him as well. In terms of drawing, I have not drawn in so long. <laughs> and it's kind of my, the the time that I get, you know, my me time is when I, when I draw. And I haven't gotten that in a really long time. So I'm hoping that in the near future I can get back to that and kind of clear my mind a little bit. You'll you'll certainly get a break, but uh, before we get to that, during this year's U.S. Paralympic team trials in beautiful Rio, in two track and field events, you won gold in the 200-meter and silver in the 100-meter events. Tell us about the experience and what helped you be a winner. It was an awesome experience. Rio was very, very beautiful, definitely different from being here in the United States. Um, it was, I, I unfortunately didn't get to travel around and see Rio very much because I was very serious about and serious and focused about what I was there to do. It was just, I went from the village to the track every day or almost every day. Being around all the other athletes when I first got there, it made it very real that I am here in Rio. I am here to win a gold medal or just be on the podium if I can. And then when I ran the 100 and got the bronze, I actually didn't know <laughs> that I got bronze. Um, I did. I couldn't see what place I got. It was a pretty close race. And it was actually a camera guy who told me what place I got. And he, I said, are you serious? He's like, yeah. And as he was telling me this, one of our team leaders was behind me, and she was asking me, do you want a flag? And that is when it got very real for me. I had always watched the Olympic Games and watched the athletes parade around with their flag. And I said, one day I want to do that. I want to hold the American flag up and parade around with that flag around the stadium because that's when I know that I have made it on the podium. So when she asked me that, I got very emotional about it. And I told her, yeah, she threw the flag to me, and I, I got to do just that. It was an unbelievable experience, one that is so hard to explain, and there is, I can tell you, nothing like that 
experience. And it was that right there that is driving me to want to do this even longer. (laughs) Exactly. And now we move on to the big, big event of them all. The 2016 Rio Paralympics. Kim, Chico State says that in this year's Paralympics, you earned a bronze medal during the women's 100-meter T13 final on September 11th. What did it take to win this medal? It took a lot out of me. A lot of recovery, a lot of workout on the track, workouts that I did not even think that I could do physically or mentally. It definitely broke me down at times, but I think that's what it takes in order to get to that point. Um, Lots of recovery. Our coach says that in order to be on the podium, you have to be a 24-hour athlete. That means on and off the track. It's all the time that you have to be focused on your goals. You have to eat right. You have to do the right recoveries and just be on top of everything. Um, You want to go out and have fun and do all these things, but it's do you want to be on the podium and then you can do all this fun stuff later or do all this fun stuff now and not be on the podium? So it's it's a very hard decision and it takes a lot of work and mental preparation. And that's just what I did to get on the podium. And you got on the podium and got one big reward to fly to Washington after Rio and meet Vice President Joe Biden, First Lady Michelle Obama, and yes, our outgoing president, Barack Obama. How did it feel to meet our country's leaders in the Oval Office and be congratulated on your big win in Rio? Oh my gosh, it was an unreal experience. (laughs) I was so in shock that I was getting to meet all three of them that I, I started shaking before I walked in to meet them and <laughs> I was, I was so nervous. I don't even know what I said. I don't know what they said to me. I just know that I was congratulated. It was such an unreal moment and probably the best, uh, 30 seconds of my life. <laughs> Did they let you sit at the Oval Office desk? Unfortunately, they did not. We, um, we're on the east side of the White House, and that that's all that we could go in. They have a lot of security there that were watching us. There were actually 600 of us there, Olympians and Paralympians, that got to meet uh, the vice president, first lady, and president. So that would have been would have been a, a lot of us getting to sit at the desk. <laughs> and that, that's a lot of people, yes, to fit on one desk. <laughs> um, I understand that your nickname is The Flash. How did you get this nickname? Was it inspired by the DC Comics superhero? <laughs> yes, it was. It, the Flash it has been my favorite superhero for a long time. And it, it started when I started running. Um, I when I started running and people said you're the Flash and then I started you know reading the comics and um, you know learning more about the Flash because then when I first started running I didn't know much about him and then I just kind of gravitated and I said yeah I I 
do like this character. He can kind of, I can relate to him. You know, he's kind of goofy and likes to have fun. <laughs> and, so, and so am I. So he's, he plays jokes on people and can be kind of sarcastic at times. And I would like to think that, you know, that's me as well. And while he's also super fast. So it's just kind of been an ongoing thing from high school on to, um, on to college and on the U.S. level. I understand that your motto is limited sight, limitless dreams. Explain that to our listeners. So I came up with limited sight, limitless dreams because even though I do have limited sight, my, it doesn't hinder me from chasing my dreams. I have always, always pushed through the fact that I can't see it. I've never let it get in the way of what I wanted to do. And that is something that my, my mom actually told me. I never realized it. And she said, you know, even when you were younger, even though you couldn't see something, you would still try and try and try. And even when you couldn't do it and you would never blame your your vision for getting in the way of that. So you would just move on to the next thing, see if you could do that. And, um, it, it kind of came to me also because I have a teammate who is a totally blind long jumper, Lex Gillette. He is the, he has a world record in the long jump. And his motto is no need for sight when you have a vision. And when I saw that and I was like, oh my gosh, I love that so much. And, I I wanted to, you know, spread that word in which I did to help him out as well and spread the message of that. But I I kind of wanted my own thing. And so that's when one night it came to me at like four in the morning or something like that. And I woke up and I said, limited sight, limitless dreams. And it stuck with me ever since. And everybody says that I should get it trademarked. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, sounds like you just did. what are some of your future running events coming up? So the next biggest running event that I have is in 2017, we have World Championships in London, and that is what I'm going for next. How can our listeners learn more about you and contact you if they have any questions about running or need help on their kinesiology homework or just want more inspiration? So I can be contacted on Facebook through my athlete page. It's Facebook backslash follow Kim's dreams and it's K-Y-M-C-R-O-S-B-Y. <laughs> and I can also be contacted on my, on my Twitter page, which is at Kimkey, K-Y-M-K-E-Y. And those you can private message me or whatever you like to do on those. We're going to put links for those on the Speaking Out for the Blind website, speakingoutfortheblind.weebly.com. Anything else you'd like to add? Um, I, I think that is it. Thank you for having me. And it was great having you here too, Kim. You're an inspiration to the young, blind, and visually impaired athletes who want to run and capture gold. And we wish you more success in all that you do. Thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you. All right, listeners, before we go, I welcome your comments on 
this program, just visit and like me on Facebook at Speaking Out for the Blind, or follow me on Twitter at Speak Out Blind, or Speak Out for the Blind. You can also check out my website, that's speakingoutfortheblind.weebly.com. More information on today's show is posted there. Just look under the list of episodes and show news tab. My new email address is speakout at acbradio.org, and my show archive is at acbradio.org slash speaking dash out dash for dash the dash blind. Please note that there is a link located at the top half of the page and below the heading that says Home Speaking Out for the Blind, where you can subscribe to the podcast feed and listen to Speaking Out for the Blind shows ranging from episode 94 to the present. That's all for this edition of Speaking Out for the Blind. Thanks for listening, and remember to speak out. Here at ACB Radio Mainstream, we are always working to improve the quality of our programming. If you have any feedback about anything you have heard here on ACB Radio Mainstream, please let us know by sending an email to support at acbradio.org. That's support at acbradio.org. You are listening to ACB Radio Mainstream, connecting the blind community. Tired of the same old survival reality shows that aren't too real? <coughs> then join me, Brian McCallan, on Speaking Out for the Blind. I interview real famous and inspirational blind individuals and other specialists about a real wide variety of topics, providing you with real steps to achieve your dreams. Speaking Out for the Blind airs Wednesdays at 10.30 p.m. Eastern and replays throughout the day on Thursdays on ACB Radio Mainstream. Happy listening! The American Council of the Blind has established the Legacy Society to honor and recognize individuals who have communicated their intentions to include ACB in their estate plans via a bequest or another type of planned gift. We want to acknowledge individuals for including ACB in their will while they are still living so that we can thank them for their commitment to perpetuating ACB's good work for years to come. Says ACB President Kim Charlson, more information about the Legacy Society and how you can help is available from Tom Tobin, Director of Development at ttobin, T-T-O-B-I-N, at acb.org, or by phone at 800-424-8666, option 5. Thank you for listening to ACB Radio and for considering ACB's future financial needs. This is ACB Radio, connecting the blind community. Connecting the blind community.